we're back. Episode number eight. This is the concession stand. I'm your host, Nick Howell. With me, as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. Andy, how you doing over there, sir? Have you had a good week? Uh, I've had a great week. I've had a great week. But before we get started, we got to do this Stone Cold salute. I said, give me a hell yeah. <sighs> That's always good. Always, always good. All right, so this is going to be our Halloween episode, even though we're not going to talk about Halloween until a little bit later, but let's just talk about some things that happened this week. Now, I had a Halloween-type thing that happened today. Took the kids to a pumpkin patch, did the whole, like, oh, we're at the pumpkin patch, and they have some bounce houses there, and they get to do some fun things. I took a bunch of, like, cool slow-mo videos of my kids jumping off of slides and blah, blah, blah. Here's my takeaway from the pumpkin patch. Okay. What's up with the with the pumpkin like okay there's the there's the normal like orange pumpkins <laughs> right. that like you would put in front of your house you would carve and they look like perfect right yeah but then at pumpkin patches they have these ones that look like burn victims have you seen them <laughs> with like they have like growths on them yeah, or like the or, pimples right but then they're, but they're yeah but like over the whole thing or they'll have like this weird like green like off green like like it looks like a like a, 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 a it looks like a retarded pumpkin or like a zombie pumpkin. <laughs> Andy, we don't say that word. And there's, and there's a bunch of them there. And like, who buys them? Nobody buys the retarded zombie burn victim pumpkin, right? Why do they well, even have not them? not to carve. But... And they're like $25 for the big ones. Why would they get those? I don't know. But my mother would say, well, those are for decorating, not for carving. And you can keep them around what, until Thanksgiving. Decorating in a haunted house? Yeah, who maybe. uses I don't those know. things? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> don't take them to the cancer ward. Oh, man. Uh, the other thing, obviously, that happened to me this week was the Cubs are in the World Series. Oh, my God. Never in my life did I think this would happen, and I was watching the game uh, at home by myself. Uh, the kids had gone to bed. My wife was in the other room putting the kids to bed, and here I am watching, and they win it at Wrigley Field. The place goes bananas, and I just start, like, I start, like, my lip starts twitching. I'm like, oh, what, what is this? What What's happening right now? What? what whoop, whoop, and I'm in tears, like, just crying like a baby for like 10 minutes and i and I, it was it was yeah but it's this is i never expected this time to happen in my life uh and i was at that nlcs game like uh, last week uh, but to then see them win and now go to the world series yes we're now uh two games into the world series as of this recording they're up uh they're not up they're tied 1-1 one, one, heading one. back to chicago two shutouts they are potentially three uh no uh the uh, indians score tonight but oh. um uh, uh, they are potentially three games from winning the World Series for the first time since 1908. Again, something I never thought would happen in my lifetime. I couldn't be more excited. And it's so strange to be caring about the Cubs while hockey is happening at the same time right. because that never, <laughs> never happens. happens. Or football. It never happens. So I actually <laughs> get to watch the other two sports that I love, but I still have to like focus on the Cubs. Wow, it's awesome. Oh, what a good time to be alive. Uh <sighs> The Cubs are fantastic. I was surprised by how good the Indians are, though. Well, they've got Corey Kluber, the Cy Young winner from last year or yep. two years ago or whatever. That guy can pitch lights out, but he can't pitch every game. So I'm hoping, and, and the Cubs' bats were just dead last night. Maybe it's just the, the pressure of being in that World Series for the first time. Yeah. Uh, but tonight, the bats woke up, and, and they're, you know, it's... Once they get a lead, at least historically throughout these playoffs, they've they haven't let it up. Um, so it's it's been a fun thing to watch. They're headed back to Chicago. I think the other thing that's interesting about this World Series is just the travel for the two teams. It's not like they're going to the West Coast, the East Coast. It's it's a hundred miles, Cleveland to Chicago. It's a little bit more than that, but like the plane ride, it's probably an hour or less. Yeah. you know what I mean. So that's that's pretty cool. So you're not going to get that like oh, I'm tired from traveling. Like who would be tired from traveling? If I'm jet lagged. Right. Who would be tired from traveling if you're in the World Series, anyways? Right. right? I mean, come on. Uh, I will say this: I always cheer for the team that deserves it the most. I, the Cubs had the best record above and beyond anybody else in Major League Baseball this year. I think they deserve to win it. I'll be severely disappointed if they don't win it, as I'm sure you will, but maybe for different reasons. But I, I, I don't believe in all this Cinderella bullshit and you know uh, spoilers and all that kind of stuff that everybody gets so hyped up around March Madness or you know wild cards sneaking in the back door and being spoiler. I want to see the Cubs win. I, and I'm not a Cubs fan, but I want to see the best team in baseball f- finish the race. Right, and, and here's the other thing. Like... For the Indians or the other team that's like has not uh, been to the World Series since 1948 or some sort of str- no, it's not true. Hasn't won a World Series since 1948. They were in the World Series against the uh, the Marlins in what like 98 or something mm, like that. 2000, yeah, I think. Uh, it was with somewhere the Marlins, there. Yeah. But, but again, the, like for the for the city of Cleveland, this is a big deal for them too. The Indians have gone this far. Like you know, it's it's almost like well, it's bigger league. than that though. Well, yeah, because they won the NBA title this year too. They won the NBA title, and you've got the Browns. So think about this: they've had a dry spell. 
uh, in Cleveland for decades. Right. Right. No Browns, no Cavaliers, no Indians, nothing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and now all of a sudden you've got the NBA title and potential, potentially the World Series champions. But the Browns are still abysmal. But the fact that the Cleveland, after such a dry spell, is now potentially going to have two of the major sporting franchises in the world uh, championships, that's a big deal. And they're calling it Believe Land right now. Did Ooh. you know that? That's oh, kind of clever. That's like adorable. That. Now, on a, on a slightly not happy note, uh, <laughs> you had something happen to you this week, if I remember correctly. Uh, I did. Uh, so we've had a, a running string of thefts in my apartment building here All in right. Los Angeles, where... Culprits are coming in and basically breaking into those the big banks of mailboxes for like a hundred apartments. Yeah. They have the one big thing, and the the mailman just opens up the one big door and he can put everything in. Well, apparently there are people floating around Los Angeles with the master keys uh, to be able to open those, and they can't just change the key because that changes the keys for every all apartment buildings that all the postal carriers use. Right. So they've either got one of those, or I've, we've even seen ours pried open. Right. Long story short, uh, I. Randomly got a text message from Bank of America going, hey, did you try and spend $560 at Target? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, so I started looking through things, and come to find out, I about three or four weeks ago, I had ordered a replacement debit card because the chip in mine wasn't working. And uh, apparently there had been a string of transactions online. Yeah. Um, and now the one that, that really tripped him up was the big one at Target. Here's why. And I think this is the most crucial thing for the listeners to to understand the difference. When you go in and you run something as credit and you don't put your PIN number in, that is run through Visa. Visa guarantees the transaction to your financial institution. Or MasterCard or Discover or whatever, American Express, right? Okay. Sure. When you put it, slide it in with the chip and you put a PIN number in, that is going directly to your financial institution. In my case, Bank of America or it could be Chase, it could be Wells, it could be any of the other ones, right? It's bypassing the securities, the unnecessary securities of the Visa and MasterCard and all those guys. So what had happened was, if I, if I took your debit card and went to Target and swiped it and just scribbled a name on there, mm-hmm. it could go through. Sure. There's no protection there other than Visa guaranteeing the, the charge or the money back end, right? So because they put it in and tried to do a chip, a PIN number, uh, it flagged at Bank of America... It was a new card. Uh, it had been activated that day. It was an excessively large amount. And all of these things are big data bullet points that flag transaction. And they instantly send you text, right? Got it all worked out. Had to get a whole new card. Had to change all the numbers. And, you know, this is more annoying than anything because we've become so dependent on uh, our debit cards. Uh, I don't, I rarely ever carry cash anymore. My girlfriend hates it because I, you know, tipping the valets and all that stuff. But, I just never have cash. I live and die by that debit card. But to have to change all your subscriptions, all your cards in something as trivial as Papa John's, all the way up to you know services that I depend on to pay my bills, all of the automation that goes into paying my power bill, paying my car payment, all of that stuff, right? All of that stuff had to get changed and updated. So that was the process that I've been through. So I don't want to say it was identity theft, but something as trivial as someone breaking in and, and activating a debit card somehow, I don't know how they did it, but somehow they activated the card and was able to use it at Bloomingdale's online with Visa Checkout. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. That's the most horrifying thing to me is that they were able to get that card activated. Horrifying and scary. Yeah. Mm. Mm. In the Running theme in for the today, Halloween I think. episode. All right. All right. So yeah, I, it wasn't quite identity theft, but uh, yeah, somebody stole my debit card, and it was a—it's been a pain in the ass to get all that stuff. I'm still having to update some of that stuff. I've been a victim of identity theft, sort of, in, a, in along those lines. But you know, let's not let's not talk about it this week. I think that's maybe a main topic mm. coming up yeah, for a couple a episodes from now, potentially. Personal but, uh, security. I will say, just listening in my headset, uh, I sound a little bit better, and you sound a little bit better. Why? Yeah. Do well, I am looking at the equivalent of a recording studio in front of me right now. Yeah, uh, a digital one at that, but. Uh, we have transitioned. I hope you guys are going to hear the difference. Uh, we'll see how all of the post-production works out. But uh, big shout-out to our friend Andrew Papastefano, who we talked about, uh, what was it, a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. For I can't remember why we, we brought him up before. He's but, one of our clanmates in Destiny yeah. and Phonic is, is his handle, if you ever see him online. Yeah. 
Turns out this guy is a uh, an awesome audio engineer. Audio genius. Audio fact. genius. So we are now set up with Logic Pro. We've got plugins and you know scopes and analyzers and all these things going on that he set it all up and I push record and do a couple of other things after the fact, but it already sounds amazing compared to what we had before. We mentioned him because he made us the sweet uh, clan coasters. That's what it was. That's what the 3D yeah. printing cl- coasters, and he brought his uh, Destiny Ghost yeah. uh, over tonight to show us. So, Andrew, no, you listen. Thank you so much. I can't rave enough about how much uh, of a difference you made just with a simple, you know, an hour's worth of tinkering and pushing buttons. Showed me all kinds of things that I never would have figured out on my own. And he showed you himself because you'd never actually met him in person until tonight, which Yay! is really cool. That was awesome. All right. So I have to call you out on something. <laughs> oh, and no, it, actually, it's this. not me. It was our good friend and, and, and you know Des- fellow Destiny player, Lorenzo. Uh, Hi, Lorenzo. Uh, uh, called you out on something. We had our last week. We did a lightning round yeah, on nights. Yeah, yeah. And here we are, uh-huh. two raging Star Wars fans that we are, uh-huh. and we did not say instantly or at all. Jedi Knights. Yeah, the topic was uh, top five knights or knights of whatever, and we just did lightning round, and we're like, knights, 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 and yes, I failed to say Jedi Knights. I am apologizing for that now. I'm oh. sorry about, yeah, whatever. You you have failed. <laughs> or even along the Star Wars line, Knights of the Old Republic, the video game, like, oh, right. ugh, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I was tired. Huh, I was tired. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, we are going to uh, put your Star Wars status on probation for, oh, a, for a week. That's okay. All right, let's move on to our news segment for the week. Ah. Ah. First, let's start with tech. So we had some big stuff happen this week. Uh, it was very techy behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but it had a direct effect on a lot of consumer services. And I think there's two different conversations or at least things that we need to address here uh, of what happened and why you should give a shit, right? So the DDoS attack, and I, I, I don't understand this that, that much. You understand like what that actually takes. But there's a DDoS attack. I think it happened, what, Friday, I think, like Friday afternoon, yeah. that basically took down or stopped or blocked or whatever it does uh, major like sites and web things that people go to. We're talking Twitter, Pinterest, Reddit, GitHub, Etsy, Tumblr, Spotify. Yeah, maybe you might not go to that, but PayPal, that's a big one. Verizon, Comcast, EA, and PlayStation Network. Yep. All of those things were basically shut down for an, a limited or extended period of time. Yeah, this all happened throughout the day. It started in the early morning. Like, I remember getting up and, you know, I think I logged into Destiny to look at bounties and what the dailies were and all that stuff just to grab them and then go get lunch or whatever. Couldn't log in, right? Couldn't log in. P- PlayStation Network. And I'm like, oh, man, fucking PlayStation. It's down again. Blah, blah, blah. And then I start seeing all the alerts online about this stuff. So you brought up DDoS. Yeah. Everybody hears, oh, DDoS. What does DDoS stand for? Distributed Denial of Service. What is that? Imagine a warehouse full of 10,000 people with computers, and they all send pings to the same IP address at the same time for an indefinite period of time, right? A ping is when I send, I'm sending you a piece of mail, a digital piece of mail, and saying, hey, did you get it? And you go, yep, I got it. All right, so when your computer talk, when your PlayStation talks to that IP address, it's fighting with those 10,000 people to get an answer back. So if the system's clogged, it can't, it's out, okay. So when they say denial of service, it means that you, your PlayStation can't get a response from the thing that it's asking for a response from because there's 10,000 or more other things that are getting their responses before you, right? Interesting. It was on a much bigger scale, and that's where they call it the distributed denial of service. It used to be just a DOS attack where a one guy could send large enough pings and the hardware wasn't big enough to really need more than one person to take it all down. The distributed nature of it, though, is where it gets interesting because now a lot of this can be automated. So you don't need 10,000 people to coordinate it. You can spoof and create 10,000 sessions that all go to the same thing. And it can just be one operator, one guy doing us from one place. So what we know about it, look, it took all of these services offline it, um, it, they all came back up intermittently throughout the day. There was an afternoon resurgence of the DDoS attack where we saw you know, Blizzard and PlayStation went down again. I remember doing Nightfalls that night on Destiny, and we were having uh, PlayStation Party issues because of the late, increased latencies. Uh, it took a lot of services offline. I, I, I'm not sure what the outcome's going to be. 
Um, there is a federal investigation underway. There always is for yeah. these things, right? Do We don't ever hear like, oh, is this hacker? That guy's in trouble for this. The root of this was a service called DIN, D-Y-N. DIN is one of three or five DNS, domain name service. It's what turns your IP address into a usable name, such as Google.com. Behind Google.com is a numeric value, right? You can type in that numeric value and the site would have pulled up fine. But the resolution of that name map, mapping to the, the IP address is what caused the problem. And it formed a sort of bottleneck because all of these companies use that central service to do DNS resolution, right? Got it. So if you, took, if you take – instead of attacking them directly, they attacked the consumer vector that, use, that depends on uh, the name resolution for all of that stuff. That just sucks for consumers. But you know what didn't suck is uh, Microsoft came out today with their big event where they announced some products – I'm going to let you talk about this with your Microsoft background. I always typically ignore this stuff. The only Microsoft product I have has the letter X in it and yeah. a box after that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have been – we've talked about I've, I've been intrigued by the whole Surface thing because yep. I feel like there's the, the, the tablet. Didn't they do something with like a like the tablet attached to a keyboard? That, I know there's a bunch of companies doing it, but the Microsoft Surface has been very intriguing to me. Go for it. Uh, the Well, the Surface had the detachable dock, and it was just the flimsy little keyboard thing. It wasn't even a dock. What Microsoft announced today, and what my takeaway was from it, is that they are they're building a line of the surfaces that are directly going to compete with the Mac and MacBook Pro line. That's cool. Um, in a sense, they are they're now coming out with different sizes, different um, capacities, and processors, and all of that stuff from the smallest tablet, aka iPad size, competitive size. All, which will be your Surface Pro 4 or whatever it is sure. that you know today. Yep. And they announced today that they're coming out with what is essentially, they're calling it the Microsoft iMac as a joke. Microsoft doesn't, but the, the, you know, the blogosphere is calling, referring to it as that because it's a 27-inch, basically a Surface. Oh, I saw a picture of this. It looks really cool. It actually. looks just like the yeah. iMac that's sitting in front of me right yeah, here. It's really cool. Um, so, yeah, it's going to run Windows 10. It's going to be able to do everything. It's going to be as thin and small as... You know, the iMac is here. It's going to have all of the ports and all of the capabilities. So I, I, the strategy here to me is to is choice. Yeah. You're giving, instead of giving them two models of different hard drive sizes, you're now giving them a complete array uh, replacing whatever laptop you're using. So now Microsoft is officially in the hardware business. Yeah. And that's a big deal. That's the big takeaway from this because the thing that Apple has reined in and owned for the last 10 years is the beauty is that, or even longer than that, they've always owned and made the hardware. The, pr- the hardware has been not proprietary, but if you go back to the Power PC days, the early Mac days, they had their own proprietary chip, their processor, yeah. right? before they started using Intel stuff. So now all the hardware is commodity, but they still own the hardware. They can manufacture and change and design and do all. There's a reason Johnny Ive exists. <laughs> And every time yeah. there's an event, he comes out and he says how amazing it all is. Right. Because they have it. Microsoft's never had that. They've always depended on IBM and Dell and HP to build the laptops and OEM and install the... And Windows runs on everything. Right. Whereas Mac stuff runs on Macs and phones and whatever. It's Bingo. only their stuff. But now you're saying, you're, you're bringing up a good point. Now Microsoft is actually essentially making computers. Yep. Whether it's a full, normal laptop like you and I know, it's actually a kind of a modified laptop where when the screen you flip up can come off and you can walk away with it with their Surface. Or you can flip it around and use it as a drawing pad. You know, pretty all cool. That stuff. It's really pretty cool. cool. And, and this is the way, folks, uh, this was kind of the last straw of, of hardware, of, of proper laptops. I think laptops are, are about to die. Uh, we've got the iPad Pro, yep. which the iPad needs to become more than a consumption device. Yeah, that's the one thing it's missing. It's not running a, a like a proper operating system where you can do see your file structures and all that. I think that's where the one up is on the Surface. Is you've got a full copy of Windows 10 installed on a tablet, yeah, or a tablet sized device, right? And I think we might see some stuff because tomorrow Apple's going to make a big announcement. Um, we've heard rumors of just an update to like the uh, the Apple TV, which we are both owners of and big fans of. The the iOS that they have for Apple TV is somehow going to integrate where if you just log into Apple TV, it's going to automatically log you into like Hulu and not Netflix though, but Mm-mm. Hulu and and all of your other like. Uh, oh, I don't Netflix. think it's that though. It's the it's the cable logins. 
Right. All of that. All of like when you log into Apple TV, it'll just do it. It just somehow knows what all. We'll call of your... it single sign on. Sure. Right. It's a single sign on. I guess Netflix isn't a part of it. Fine, but uh, it, it it it's going to streamline stuff and it's going to know what you like to watch and then it's going to recommend it on all of the different type of apps that you have to consume that content. It's like ah, you seem to like Superman. Maybe you should watch Smallville on this. It's uh, on whatever you like Batman. Maybe you should watch Gotham on the Fox app or what. You know what I mean? It, it, it will tell from like the movies you've bought on iTunes or the music you listen to on iTunes and it'll just know and send you in a certain direction. I think that's kind of cool. There's a rumor of them announcing a new MacBook Pro, which is kind of counterintuitive to the Surface Pro that we just talked about. Um, but we'll see what they come up with. Uh, apparently they have a bit of a money loss or whatever, but it's still Apple. Here's the thing that I think that's interesting also. I'm starting to see a lot of rumors about what iPhone 8 is going to be. Does that what? bother you? Does that bother you? I don't even have a 7. That's what I'm saying. We're like three weeks. I don't even have a 6S. I've got a 6. That's what I'm saying. We're like three weeks removed or four weeks removed from iPhone 7 coming out. And we're already hearing rumors about how awesome and how game-changing iPhone 8 is going to be. And you know Apple are the, are the, is the one behind this. That's like when we hear leaks about you know an iPhone. Like, I can't believe I, the, Apple would allow a leak to happen. They're letting it happen. I've heard iPhone 8 is going to be all glass and this. We're talking about it three weeks after the 7 came out and how great it's going to be. And I'm hearing it's coming out next year. So what about the iPhone 7S? Is that not happening? Well, hang on. Back up a step. We need to talk about the Apple TV stuff a little bit. Who cares about iPhone? Well, that's They're going to release one of those at least every year, whether it's the S model or that they might just be doing away with the whole S model uh, construct. Sure. Instead of, and now that they've switched to the subscription plans or the monthly rate plans at the Apple store, you can go in and pay forty nine ninety nine and get a new phone every time a new one comes out. The points I wanted to make about Apple TV, though, is is going back to the single sign-on thing. So for me, as someone who, uh, a, a user who has access to cable logins, this is the third-party stuff that's not native to Apple TV. Meaning, right. um, if you want to watch the Fox Sports Go app, if you want to use watch ESPN to stream to your Apple TV, you need a cable provider login, Right. And you have to do that for every single app that you want to activate, right? Yeah. So you have to go to fox.com slash activate, and you have to choose your provider, and you put in your credit, every single app. What they're talking about doing is creating this single sign-on structure where you, you lock your credentials for your cable provider into the Apple TV. And it just works on everything? And it works on every cable TV app, or it'll automatically authenticate to the provider. They figured out how to make the back end work finally Perfect. to do this with all the cable providers. Perfect. So that's part of it. Uh, the interesting single sign-on stuff for the Netflix and Hulus and all those things, uh, that's interesting because that's something they could easily do, but I don't know if they're going that far. Netflix yet. doesn't want to be a part of it, apparently. Yeah, I, I don't think Hulu does either. Uh, and nor should they because they want to maintain their own account information. That means they'd have to give information to Apple. There's a lot of privacy concerns that, that go into those things. Plus, with all these rumors of Netflix getting bought by potentially Disney or whatever, maybe they don't want to get in bed with Apple, and who knows. But, oh, you know, that's, that, that's well beyond what we're going to talk about yeah. here. <laughs> Well, well, we can't get away from talking about uh, in any episode of the concession stand, at least in recent episodes in history, is the Samsung Galaxy Note 7. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the saga continues, but with just some fun, goofy stuff this week, right? What now? Uh, apparently, there's a new case that you can get for your iPhone that looks like an exploded Galaxy Note 7. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the burns and all that stuff on the back of it. It's good. it's funny. You got to laugh. It's it's really good. But look, ser- on a serious note, uh, there was a, uh, a Wall Street Journal article that came out, and I'll put it this in the show notes for you guys. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's... Look, it's what I thought. It's physics and thermodynamics. They tried to put the wrong size battery, the wrong capabilities, and all of that stuff into a tiny, tiny little case, and it just didn't work out. And that's why we're having all the problems. But... Check out the show notes for the uh, actual article from Wall Street Journal that goes into the details on this. And check out our movies and TV section of the show, which is starting right now. Here's the big one that happened this week. The Logan trailer. Did you see it? Oh, I loved it. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Johnny Cash song playing underneath it, and it's... Wow. All the feels. Yeah, it's 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 a red band trailer so it's violent too and yes. like you really get to see like what is going on with this movie and I I've always, like we talked about it at length. We were excited about this trailer. We finally got to see it. It's Old Man Logan. It might not be the Old Man Logan storyline from from the but it's Jackman and he's old and we see like this really old uh uh Xavier 
or Charles Xavier. And he's and, carrying him around. Yeah. It's, it's kind of creepy. I don't know. It's but it's kind of like it's 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 it looks like it's obviously Jackman's swan song as Wolverine, which it looks yes. like a really cool thing. And we we see like a glimpse of uh, Stephen Merchant. Apparently, he's playing Caliban. Yeah. Which if you don't know who he is, he was kind of like this like Gollum type character in the X Men universe. But then he became like a strong character. But he's like a guy that knows where mutants are, and it looks like he's in hiding. Wolverine, I mean, and we're trying to find him. And we see the little girl who's obviously going to be X-23. Yes. So there's like a setup of a bunch of different storylines. Well, who is X-23? X-23 was, okay, so uh, all those tests they did on Wolverine to create Weapon X, he's Weapon X, right? Oh, okay. So all these tests, and they've tried to replicate him and make a new version of Wolverine. So and he's so X twenty three is a younger female it's the Wolverine. 20, it's the twenty three version or the twenty third version of Weapon X. Uh, like remember in Alien Resurrection, we saw those like creepy Ripley's and like that. You know, we'll probably talk about that later because now I just thought of that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so uh, it looks like it's it's him with X twenty three, but it's, so it's a combination of a bunch of different storylines. But uh, I'm really excited about this movie. I, I think they knocked that trailer out of the park. I completely agree. And you you said something about it taking place a year after Days of Future Past. That's what I read. Yeah. So the 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 Fox. Uh, uh, Marvel Universe timeline is all over the place, yeah. but like if you take uh, the the end of Days of Future Past, I'm not really sure how the uh, X Men Apocalypse falls into this because it doesn't make much sense. But whatever, uh, this supposedly takes place a year after that, the events of that when you know they saved all the mutants from getting wiped out. Right. But then it looks like in this movie, all the white mutants have been wiped out. So I don't know. I'm excited to see it, but. We can't say that it's based on a certain story. It's, it looks like an amalgamation. Is that the word? Amalgamation. Of, sure. A mashup. 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 Of, yes. A mashup of all these different stories. But it's still Jackman playing Wolverine. Let's see it. Uh, what do you think about Stephen Merchant from The Office uh, being cast as Caliban? It's okay. I mean, it's it's a kind of a serious role for him. He's usually these goofy like typecasts of characters. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I can't really have any judgment on it until I see it. So, that's true. but but uh, but I'm all for it. It's like what we said when like Heath Ledger playing the Joker. Pfft, that's ridiculous. Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah, what? That ten things I hate about you guy playing the Joker. Are you kidding me? Come on. Uh, Enemy of the State uh, is probably one of my favorite films. Uh, maybe that Will Smith has ever done. That's a that's a good thing, and I don't think a lot of people remember that movie. But you're right, Will Smith was awesome in that movie. It was like one of Gene Hackman's last movies. It, it was, fa- was he was fantastic. That- it was like the French Connection meets like modern day technology, and it, I, I just I love Enemy of the State. I, I, I can never turn it off once I start watching it. But now they're turning it into a TV series, right? So, but the tech is different now. So, like, how does that work? Uh, that's me- right, because it's ten plus years old at this point, oh, right? More than that, but yeah, the original came out in 1998. So this movie, or sorry, this TV project, this show takes place 20 years after the film when an NSA agent is accused of leaking classified info, a young attorney teams with a hard-nosed FBI agent to bring light to a much larger conspiracy. Great. And then guess who else is behind it? Bruckheimer. Mm, done and done. I did hear that the guy that wrote Black Hat, the yeah, Michael, yeah, yeah. Michael Mann movie, yep, was yep, the, yep. the kind of the writer behind it, right? Yeah. I mean... I'm all for it. Let's do it. Yeah. I, Especially in like today's new tech with all the, like, who knows? Maybe they get a DDoS attack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do a DDoS attack on somebody. Who knows? Uh, I'm, you know, that kind of world of, of espionage and spy thrillers. I love living in that, in that world. It's one of my favorite universes outside of the sci-fi and fantasy world to live in. Yeah. I wonder if it was like, well, this Mr. Robot show is working. Let's do enemy estate again. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Holy smokes. You just put that together. That's probably exactly what they did. Here's another TV show. That's got me excited. Uh, apparently, The Rock is in uh, talks with Fox to do a like it's a wrestling comedy show. It's a scripted show. Okay, teaming up with our old buddy Will Ferrell. Okay, which by the way, his Harry Carey. I don't know if you saw his. Harry I did Car- see the re- Redux. Yes, on Jimmy Kimmel. It's amazing. <laughs> so good. Uh, they're teaming up to do a, a wrestling comedy uh, show. I guess a scripted show that's a weekly thing. Hey. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> based on based on the Rock's like uh, his his sort of like path is like when he first started out. So, The Rock, Will Ferrell, two guys I love. Okay. Wrestling sold. Yeah, I, I'll I'll see. I'll have to see. I, I don't. I don't even want to attempt to prejudge that or think about what it could be. I'm just gonna have to see it. Which brings us to the weekly news of the squared circle. Should be quick this week. Break it down. Look, rock continues to just plummet. I mean, like here's rock bottom, and then they're they're down there somewhere below that. I, who knows what the hell's going on in Raw? The main story tonight, or main story this week on Raw, was the Jericho lost his list. So what? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, SmackDown was meh. It was okay. Uh, look, the big news this week is Hell in a Cell is Sunday. So by the time you listen to this, you need to be getting ready for Sunday. 
Uh, we're going to have Hell in a Cell, and it's big news this week. We'll go over the matches next week because we'll have all the outcomes, but keep an eye out for the first ever Women's Championship Hell in a Cell match. Very cool. Very, very cool stuff. And that takes us right into uh, weekly stuff about video games. The big thing that happened, obviously, this week was the announcement for me of the Nintendo Switch. Did you see this thing? I did. It looks like a Wii U console all-in-one thing now. Like, it's a Game Boy, but it has a touchscreen and joysticks. I, I have no idea what it's supposed to be. The thing that I liked about it is you're playing Zelda on your TV. You pick up this thing, you walk into a car, you're playing Zelda, still the same game you were playing. You can then... It turns into a controller somehow, or you're playing something else, and then like you, you like this thing, like it's like a transformer that turns into a bunch of controllers, and you can play games with like Mario Kart's in a car with your friends. But then the same game, you put this thing back, and it just it into a dock, and suddenly you're playing it on your TV. I dig it. I'm all about it. I know I'm more of a Nintendo guy than you are. My kids are gonna love it. I'm gonna love it. If I could pre-order it right now, I would. I, I I'll probably still be playing Destiny. If Fair, enough. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Nintendo Switch. Uh yeah, I think the Nintendo Switch. I, I don't know. I don't. Again, I don't want to prejudge. I haven't really been big on the GameCube or the Wii or the Wii U. You know, that's five to six years, uh, ten years of of Nintendo stuff that I just really haven't given a shit about. To be to be honest, so I understand that it targets a completely different demographic than old ass men in their late thirties that want to play first person shooters and strategy games. Uh, but I I still kind of pine. For, I watched the Zelda trailer. It looks awesome. Which is I, also on Nintendo Switch. I, I'm not, I, but it's probably on the Wii U. Are we still nah. in that mindset where we have to drop $400 on a friggin' console oh, to play that, one game? It won't be that expensive. It's uh, Nintendo. Okay. It's $250. $200. Are we still... And then we have to buy the title. So now we're $300 by the time we pay for everything. Are we still at that point where I have to go buy a whole different system? I'm, I'm effing tired of this. Just to play Zelda. If I'm being honest with just you. And it's Zelda. not just Zelda. It's PlayStation exclusive stuff. This is a much bigger conversation about cross-play, cross-platform stuff. I have a console. It has the exact same hardware that your console has. Yes, you have different controllers. Yes, you have different little things. I don't want to have to buy 16 different consoles to play your exclusive titles. It's 2016. We got to get over this shit. Fair enough. End of rant. Speaking of things to get over... How about that uh, video game actor strike, which we said was going to happen? It did happen. It did happen. Uh, it's been interesting to watch it develop. Uh, started on Friday. Uh, basically, the vo- video we talked about this last week a little bit that it was potentially going to happen uh, when we recorded on Wednesday, and it did end up happening on Friday. The short bullet points of it are basically uh, the it's over vocabulary. I guess the union wants one thing and the studios are giving them that thing, but there's one word or one phrase that they want changed. Yeah. The other, uh, yes. But the, the big takeaway for me is it, it, uh, the original story made it sound like all video game actors are going on strike. Rabba, rabba, rabba. Hamburglar makes another appearance in an episode <laughs> of the concession stand. But, um, uh, the, the, the actors represented by SAG after, which are the striking actors make up only 25% of the voice actors working within the industry. Okay. So a report published by the union discovered that 40% of the top-selling titles, that's almost half of the top-selling titles, do not use sag after people to record their voice. Where do they come from? Uh, just It's non-union work. So Voices.com? Uh, or whatever it is, but I mean, there's voiceover actors who aren't <laughs> okay. represented. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of so, exciting for me as somebody that aspires to maybe do that sure. one day, but... Sure. I mean, uh, look, I'm I'm a member of a of a of a union, and and I and I'm all for like people getting paid for the work that they do, and potentially getting paid after the fact for stuff that makes a, a bunch of other people a bunch of money. You should yeah. see a piece of that. However, uh, we'll just have to keep up with this and see what happens with it. But I, I it's I feel like it's the voice actor in video games part of it seems to be still in the sort of wild west phase. But I feel like the phase. I feel like phase. I feel like the uh, the <laughs> the big corporations. Uh, again, that are involved with this might be sort of tinkering and, and figuring out and may have better lawyers. But I'm going to say this. There's, a, there's an essence of personal accountability here. And if you walk in and you sign a piece of paper, which is a contract that says you get no royalties, you get X, Y, Z, and it's very explicit, but you will get no f- nothing after the fact, and you sign that and you do the work... You have no grounds. I'm sorry. It's it's just that just because someone at the union doesn't get their dues uh, and they're pissed off about it doesn't give you grounds to stand on when you've agreed to do a thing for X amount of dollars, period, hard stop. Right. That's for the non-union stuff. So for, for somebody like me, like I'm in the Director's Guild, right? Yep. So I, my employer is not the show that I work on. My employer is actually the Director's Guild. They make my deal for me. Oh, okay. And by that, I mean 
they set a limited amount of money that I'm supposed to make for the certain things that I get. So uh, when I sign for that, it's like, okay, that's what you make because that's what the people that do what you do make, and that's the minimum where you can make above that if you're – whatever. Sure. Right? So uh, if, if I do that, residuals are built into something that I do because that's just right. the deal that the, the guild make with, with the producers, right? So the, the voice actors who are employees of SAG-AFTRA, right – SAG after makes the deal with them. So they when when they sign the dotted line that says that they're supposed to get residuals, that's a, that's a deal that SAG after should have made ahead of time, right? So that's what the strike is about. But again, just for these select number of people. That's the trick. But there's something else that I that's at play here and this is this is two two-headed snake in my opinion. SAG-AFTRA is... These are non-union people that we're talking about. No, SAG-AFTRA is the Screen Actors Guild. I understand. SAG-AFTRA is, is the screen, after, screen Actors Guild. But you said the people were... Of 40% of the titles were non-union voice actors. They're not on strike. Oh. They're so, not on strike. They can't strike. They're not a member of a union. Correct. So the, the thing that I wanted to get at here was, why does, why does SAG-AFTRA have a vested interest in this? Because they're trying to get their union members more money and get them back-end deals of these large amounts of money. That's what it is. Okay. And those actors are like, hey, wait a minute. Hey, hey, union that's supposed to be representing us, how come they're making all the money? We're making none of it. Why don't we get a back-end of this sort of stuff? Redo that deal so we get more. Okay. SAG-AFTRA steps in, and they're like, hey, EA or all these people... We want to we want to make sure that our people are covered. And you know what? You're making four hundred million dollars on blah 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 Grand Theft Auto Five. What about these voice actors that are in the entire game? They should make a little bit more of that, right? And they're like, well, yeah, a little bit, but well, maybe we'll give them this amount for this. And so it's this whole negotiation thing that goes back and forth between union and big corporation. And then then they'll come back to the actors and say, like, well, this is what we got, and they have to live with it. So my so, concern so is until that deal yeah. is struck, until that deal is struck, those those twenty five percent of voice actors that are covered by SAG-AFTRA aren't working, but the other ones who are apparently a part of the 40% of all the other games, still are. How much of this is SAG-AFTRA wanting the non-union members to come pay dues? That I can't speak of, because I don't know. I mean, that's got to be a part of it as well, because they depend, they depend on those dues to be able to pay all of their people, and those dues are not cheap. Right. For, for anybody that arrives new in Hollywood, I mean, you're talking thousands of dollars sure. uh, per year that you have to shell out just to, quote, be in SAG-AFTRA. Sure. Right? Uh, so there's this whole other side of Hollywood that exists with the, of non-union people that are doing this work. And what it sounds like to me is that these video game companies are taking advantage of that, maybe getting these people so that they don't have to go live, but live and die by the regulations that SAG puts out, like having insurance and having the fire inspector. Now, all those things you have, the hoops you have to jump through when you've just got Joe Bob voice actor who's got an amazing voice and really wants to do this project, and they pay him, they give him a check, and he does a thing, and he goes away. I, there's got to be a middle ground somewhere in there, but there's, it, it's always all about the money, unfortunately. Sure. Sure. Greed is always an element. There's always an agenda to these kinds of things, and my fear is that the SAG-AFTRA agenda is more to get more dues, to get more people to come and join the union versus doing the right thing their ultimate goal sag after's ultimate goal would be to make it so any actor who acts in a video game is covered by sag aftra so they get more members and those people get larger amounts of money to do what they're doing to take more money away from the video game companies that's what their job is their so job all the residuals that the voice actors would get ultimately even, would be turned into dues that they'd have to pay to sag after is my point not necessarily it, I, I can't speak of the sag after um uh dues and residual structure i can only speak on my guild which is a little bit different than some of the other ones but i mean yeah, it's it's all about getting members and it's all about being represented. Yeah. Historically, the last week of October, like early, is a big week for video games. I remember in like 1998, like Ocarina of Time and Turok and a bunch of like games come out. Here's the thing: they always come out just before the holiday rush, just before Black Friday. So this week or the recent weeks, we've had Battlefield, we've had Titanfall, we've had uh, what else came out? Some uh, Civ Six, yep. right? Yeah. For, for PC. And you saw something this week with Civ Six that was oh, pretty yes. cool. Uh, so I won't spend too much time talking about this, but this is something that they've been doing since Civilization Four. They do these battle royales where they are. They basically set up eight in in the hardest of difficulty in the largest map. They'll set up eight different uh, uh, people, countries, whatever. So Brazil, Russia, uh, Jerusalem, uh, all of these different nations, right? And you start out as cavemen. Basically, in the very beginning, and you go all the way through the atomic age, beyond where we are in now, right? And this can take, you know, four to six hours for these to play all the way out. And there's religion, and there's wars, and all of these things going into it. And it's just interesting to watch 
rapidly. It reminds me of the lawnmower man of all this stuff happening when uh, moving in all in around in this universe. No human control or interaction whatsoever. Wow. This is all just programmatic logic at play uh, and if-then-else kind of stuff going on. Uh, and the computers are making decisions of where to build cities, what monuments to build, uh, should they expand, who do they attack, who do they align with. All of this stuff is, is happening with AI. This is absolutely beautiful to watch if you are a gamer or if you're into technology because... Or if you've ever played Risk. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is Risk on a whole other level. Yeah. Uh, this kind of stuff is kind of setting the stage for what we're going to get into um, in the future with regards to AI. You're going to start talking to your phones more. You're going to talk to your devices more, all that stuff. And there's going to be this logic that's built into the software to kind of maybe suggest things for you. Your recommendations on Netflix mm-hmm. uh, and Hulu that you were talking about, yep. that's all driven by things that you have watched and AI processing all of that stuff. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about Civ 6. It looks amazing. Go buy Civ 6, Civilization 6, because it, first it looks incredible. I'm definitely looking forward to playing it. It's available on Mac Yay. via the Steam store as well. So anybody that has Steam can can play it. But I'll put the link to the in the show notes for that uh, the videos uh, of the live streams of the AI Battle Royale. Uh, it was fan-freaking-tastic to watch. It's funny that you bring up Conquering the World, because apparently AT&T is trying to do that right now. <laughs> I, I, you know, this. we were talking about this before the show. This reminds me of uh, the consolidation and the baby bells for people that are old enough to remember that in the 80s. Uh, there was this massive consolidation that happened in the 80s with the telcos, the telecommunication companies, right? We're seeing that exact same kind of consolidation happen now around the cable world and broadband internet. We're seeing AT&T buy DirecTV. They have now bought the Time Warner division, Time Warner Incorporated, which is not internet. Let's make that. That was recently purchased by Charter Spectrum. Right. So if you were a Time Warner customer that got... Uh, cable TV, phone, and internet from the same on the same bill. You're now going to get two separate bills. So bear that in mind, right? You're going to get one from Charter Spectrum for your internet and one from AT and T. Probably not anytime soon, but sometime middle of next year when they close the deal. So AT and T by getting this Time Warner, or whatever, whether it's the internet or whatever, they here's what they if if the merger goes through, and if we'll see, um, they would own HBO, CNN, TBS, TNT, Cartoon Network. Warner Brothers, which means they would then own the Harry Potter film franchise, DC Comics, blockbuster television shows such as Big Bang Theory, Game of Thrones, and even classic cartoon characters like Bugs Bunny. So AT&T now has the Sunday ticket in all of the Harry Potter movies. AT&T! And the Lord of the Rings movies, if you think about it. And that, the Lord those, of the Rings movies. Well, the Warner Brothers uh, home video distribution. They distributed it. Sure, I'm not yeah, sure how New, New Line, line but I, I don't know how New Line falls yeah, under. Wingnut, New Line and Wingnut. Sure, but again... They own a lot of stuff, and then maybe Disney owns a lot of stuff, and maybe uh, NBC, Apple, could Comcast, own. NBC, Universal, whatever their sure, name is. Now, but now we're, it feels like we're shrinking into like three companies that own everything, and that is scary. And hey, it's Halloween, right? Oh yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year for you, for me, I love not it. for me, not I for me, it. not for me. All right, so we just want to—it's Halloween. Give it, love it or leave it. Uh, as, as far as what you want to talk about, but here's the thing: uh, we just want to talk about stuff that scares you, right? And for me, it's a lot different than it is for you. Um, I am like we talked about last week. I'm afraid of a lot of things. Like for instance, I got a flu shot today, and I can't look at a needle going into my arm. I can't look at a needle puncturing skin, even Why? my own. I just I don't like it. It just <laughs> it creeps me out. Why? I don't know. I just don't like it. I oh. know it's happening, and I'm not like crying or anything. Although right. one of my kids was when she was trying to get it. Um, but I guess what I want to talk about is, like, what's scary to you? Because everything's scary to me. We've established that. And uh, I'm asking you, what's scary to you? As far as, as far as movies and TV, take any, like, life stuff out of the equation. Yeah. But, like, when you were watching, like, I, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, you've told me in, in the past, like, the paranormal activity movies or something, like, those things might. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the fear, so it's weird because I'm an atheist. And, and if, if that's true, then that stuff can't exist, right? Right, but I'm, it still freaks me out. So if I was thinking about like, uh, you know, you said the Paranormal Activity movie, that would, I'll never forget the first time in a long time that I was really, really scared. I was sitting in a movie theater and I watched the first Paranormal Activity movie when uh, she got dragged out of bed and then dragged out of the bedroom and the door slammed behind her. And I just, I was in the theater, just oh, just 
eyes wide, just and I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck. Like, what was that? And do you get a rush out of that? No, I, okay. I don't. I don't. I just it it genuinely creeps me but out. Like with you stuff like, like going that. to like the not scary farm and the Universal Hollywood Horror Nights. You like getting scared, right? Because it's like a comedy thing for is me. It? It's is it? funny or to you, me. Or do you get like an adrenaline rush out of it? I at don't. All? I get a little bit. I get. It's a comedy sideshow for me in a sense. Seeing other people get scared. I don't know how to describe that wow. differently. So normally we would you you would go with your date or you go with the girlfriend or whatever and yeah. You know, and that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm in. It's like, oh, I like to see the special effects. Yeah. So that's why I would like to go to the Universal Halloween Horror Nights because you get to see all the big time, the Walking Dead zombies. You get to see the the Xenomorphs, uh, Geiger suits. You get to see Predator, Jason, all these in the proper special. So as a movie geek, I would I would be walking through going, oh, that's cool. I'm okay Look with that. all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, you get water sprayed on you that looks like blood every now and then. And, you know, it's Jason stepping out around a corner. And, and they try and do the jump scares where they jump out That's at you. That's what I don't like. And it's just like, ah, <laughs> whatever. And maybe this for me goes back to, like, my childhood. So, like, here's the deal. A full disclosure. As a kid, I was afraid of literally everything, okay. right? So, like, I saw, like, I remember seeing, like, the Care Bears movie. And there was, like, this green head that came out of a, like, of a, out of a book that was, like, this villain. But it was, like, it's a cartoon. Cartoon. And that head, I used to have nightmares about it for like two or three weeks. And like I, I, sl- I, like I slept with the light on in my room <laughs> until I was in like sixth grade, dude. I'm not kidding. You probably didn't know that. I'm, We've I'm sorry to laugh. A long time. That, that's yeah, funny. But I was afraid of everything. I, like I, I remember I went to like a, a friend's house in like sixth grade. And like all the kids, like we're what, 10 or 11 years old. And like we're all like, it's a sleepover, you know, yep. popcorn, Mountain Dew, whatever. And like, yep. what are we going to watch? Let's watch Friday the 13th part six. And I'm like, oh, but I knew it was coming, but I couldn't be the kid who was like, I'm not going to go over there. You know, but like I had to like be there and watch this movie. Yep. And so I watched it and it scarred me again for another like two or three weeks. You know, I, I like had like hallucinations of like Jason in my room and like all kinds of stuff. Like that's maybe some sort of psychological thing with me then. Now I'm fine. I can watch all these movies now. I don't choose to. But like for instance, we go up to uh, this this bar on Monday nights, and there's this guy that shows like uh, crazy horror movies and like some of the most gruesome stuff you could ever imagine. We see on this screen with no noise, but you see in the background while you're drinking your beer and listening to heavy metal, right? Crazy. Yeah. But like just seeing that stuff, it's laughable now. But like as a child, that would have like scarred me like beyond belief. You know, I didn't see like Aliens or Predator, or all these movies we talk about that I love so much. Probably until I was in high school, and like there was a certain point where like the the switch flipped where I realized that it was all fake, even though I knew it was fake, and it didn't affect me anymore. And and to this day, I still get scared of like certain moments in certain movies, even those ones we're talking about, where there's just like that. I don't like it when the, when the hair stands up on the back of my neck. I don't like going into haunted houses and getting scared. I don't like that sort of suspense or that anticipation of knowing I'm going to get scared. Yeah. And maybe it's the control freak in me. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, who knows? I, I don't get scared at those things anymore. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. That's the whole point is you know what's coming. Every corner, there's gonna be somebody there, and you just kind of accept that. You know, and you go, they jump out as you go, hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't do it. Uh, and the girls are, Wee! yeah, and I, yeah. I guess, I guess that's fun, but it, it wasn't for me. Like, I even, even as a forty year old man, sometimes I think I told you this story. Like, I went and saw Hateful Eight, right? And there's like a suspenseful moment where you know a dude's gonna get shot, or you know, and like the music starts building, and you know something bad's about to happen. Yeah. I literally will take my eyes off the screen. I'll look down and like to my lap, and I'll hear it, and I know that it's over, and then I'll look back up, like. I don't know what it's. That's just me. So if we're talking about things that are scary, I guess I'm like a wuss or whatever it is. But that's just the way I, that I am. I don't. I don't go out and watch the hostels or the saws. I've seen them. Like uh, in passing, I've seen pieces of them or whatever. Like as I'm flipping through HBO, and I don't like them. I, mean, I guess I don't like. I don't like people getting cut up. I don't like uh, that. That doesn't appeal to me. I don't like. I don't like watching you know slasher movies. I don't you know. But at the same time, I can watch a movie like. Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween or Friday the 13th now and I think it's like fun because it's like oh that was kind of like I can't believe I was afraid of that but I, you know what I mean where am I going with this I, I don't know and this surprises me more than anything because of you and your brother's background in, in TV and film and all of the stuff and you you know that all of this is just special effects and and I, I think that part of me is surprised hearing all of this for kind of the first time I don't know that we've ever talked about this kind of stuff before um, but I know that they're all special effects, and I want to look at them closer to see how the hell they're doing those. Oh, I know. Exactly I want to see how, they... how that leg's getting cut off and blood yeah. squirting all Dude, over the I place. Do. I, you know, I know how all that stuff works. I know where the cut points are. I know when. But it's why CG. does it bother you? I don't know. It? But like, maybe it's just that. Like, I just have this innocence when I go into a movie theater. <laughs> I, I have the ability somehow to take my movie brain or my TV knowledge brain yeah. out of it and just be an audience. 
always, and even now, even knowing what I know, you know what I mean? And maybe that's special that I can do that, I guess, but I still just enjoy seeing a movie as a movie, you know? And then like, when I see it a second or third time, I'll go back and I'll be like, okay, how'd they do that shot? Well, that's that steady cam that did this and that guy, oh, wow, I can't believe they pulled that off and that guy must have had to do this and, oh man, look at the lighting over there. You know, like I could do that the second time. It's very rare that like yeah. as I'm watching a movie where I'll be like, wow, that's a cool shot or that's neat, you know what I mean? I just kind of enjoy it the first time. So the, the the original point you were trying to make was things that scared you as a kid versus things that scare you now. And yeah. what it sounds like is that hasn't changed very much for not you. Not too much. I'm not afraid of the green cartoon head in Care Bears anymore. <laughs> when was the last time you saw the Care Bears movie? I actually, it's funny oh, you say no. that. It's funny you say that because I think it was on Netflix and I was like, I want to go back and make sure that I'm not no. still afraid of this. Oh, no, no. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm you sadist. Of, yeah. And I was like, well, that's, <laughs> to be honest with you, that's uh, over, over my life. That's how I've gotten over a lot of my fears is I face them head on. Yeah. For instance, I used to be like deathly afraid of roller coasters. Right. So in eighth grade, uh, we were taken on a school trip to Kings Island in Ohio. I lived yeah. in Ohio at the time. Kings Island is basically a Six Flags, whatever. Right. And everybody was going on the big roller coasters. And I didn't like the roller coasters that went upside down or, you know, like I did like the kid roller coasters. But like they had this huge wooden roller coaster. They're called the Beast. Right. And it was this big, long roller coaster. It was fast and scary and went up really high. Right. But I didn't want to be the kid that didn't go on the roller coaster. So what did I do? I went on it and then the, the, the two and a half minutes or whatever it was shaking and scared while I was doing it. And the ride ends and I get off the ride and I was like. That was awesome. That was awesome. I want to go again. Yeah. And then fear of roller coasters, done. Yep. Fear of heights. Went up in a giant like crane at work, you know, and I was like, that's it. And like, because one of the actors I was working with was like, do I have to go all the way up there? I'm like, let me make sure it's okay. And then so she sees me do it, and then she'll think it's fine as I'm going up in this like lift 150 feet in the air. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I get up there, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm safe. This is good. So that's how I overcame my fears, but the whole movie thing still exists. Because you just check out, you're you're a total, you immerse yourself in the film. And I guess that's a good thing. But that is a good thing. But a bad thing at the same time, I don't know. If, to the filmmakers making those films, that's a really good thing. But that's guess, exactly what they want. But I guess that's what I don't understand about you. And it's, again, that's my thing. It's like, how do you take yourself out of it? I was, do I you was, ever like watch these movies and you see like like a woman getting stabbed and you're like, that's that's horrible. That that girl, it's, she's hot. She, why are they stabbing her? Like, You know what I mean? No, because you know the the minute you see boobs in a in a horror in a, in a slasher movie, it's like, yep, she's dead. She's the one that's gonna die. I don't know. It's all predictable to me at this point. But I I think the things that I was scared of as a kid, uh, I was I was mildly scared of dogs. Did you have I, an experience where you got attacked by one? Not really attacked or nope. jumped. Really? Okay. And you have a dog now. The thing. Oh yeah. What happened in the thing with oh, the dog? Yeah, that's still with messes. Kurt Russell. Yeah, the the head just yeah. I had an early viewing of a uh, a thing that I should not have seen at an early age. Uh, the Shining. The Shining scared the absolute dog crap out of me as a kid. That to me is the scariest movie ever. Go. Uh, I w- yeah, it's up there. Um, spiders for some reason still today creep me out, and I think that's probably popular with everybody. I think anything with more than four legs should be killed. <laughs> frankly um that and that's kind of where my line is right it's if you good. got more than four legs all right you're dead just good. no go away it's a good way to live um i have big vaulted ceilings here in the apartment and every now and then a spider will creep in oh, and it will crawl up the vaulted ceiling that's like 20 feet up in the air and i can't do a damn thing about it right <laughs> all i can do is try and throw a flip-flop at it or something but i cannot rest until i either kill that spider or see it go back outside or something and it becomes I become obsessed with it. So, uh, it just, I'm just watching this thing, making sure it doesn't fall on me and like suck all the blood out of my body while I'm sleeping. Yeah, I don't like bugs either. I, I, I get mad at them. Bugs don't bother me. No, but, but like spiders, cockroaches, whatever. Like you see them, you know, whatever you might see. Yeah. Or like a big fly or whatever the hell it is. You know, like a big dragonfly flies past you. Well, I say bugs don't bother me, but I would never lie in the fear factor tank full oh, aquarium no. full of no, that's just bugs crawling all over you. That's, that's for idiots. No. My my thing with bugs is I I just get mad at them. Yeah. It's like you know what I don't go to your house and mess with your stuff. So get out of mine. Yeah. You know, and I kill them. And just before I do, I tell them, tell your friends this is what happens. Yeah. No, I think my my big scare now as an adult is the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Is really what it comes down to. It's that. It's mortality. And the the fear of being helpless. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not being able to do anything about a situation I might be in, whatever that might be. Right, whether it's a loved one that's struggling and I can't do anything to help, or I'm too far away, or whatever that might be, that kind of stuff comes to mind. But the the paranormal stuff really strikes home, and I think that's why we we were talking about the paranormal activity because I nobody understands what the hell that stuff is. Yeah, and and the, all these ghost shows and stuff that you see on TV, oh, all these real ghosts. Dude, did you hear that? Oh man, oh man, 
I heard something. And then it's like, I'm going to get this weird piece of equipment out and it's going to register on ultraviolet about something that was a... Okay. And then you hear a... In your house, like the neighbor slammed the door and you're like, oh my God, you shit yourself. (laughs) That kind of stuff, right? Hopefully not. That freaks me out. And it really started with Blair Witch in 99. When you, the first time you saw that camera really up close to her and then the movie ended with the kid, Mm -hmm. the guy floating in the corner in that cabin in the middle of the woods with all the witch shit around it. Yeah, that, I get a little bit of chili bumps right now on the back of my neck just thinking about that shot in my head. Because that was the first time that for me that I think I got really effing scared and it wasn't until the first paranormal activity about six or seven years later that that happened again so that to me i think is i mean in the beginning as a kid it was more you know kid shit but it now as an adult it's probably more the paranormal stuff i allow myself to get freaked out just to feel that emotion it sounds like we both have a common thread though as adults that we're both and i didn't really say it for myself but i think it's um i think it's a fear of lack of control Yes. And a fear of mortality. Uh, Just our own mortality. And, eh. and, and, and it's control of the mortality of those around us, and it's our own. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's mortality. It's more of, yeah, worrying about other people. I guess it's control. Yeah. In a sense, it's, it's, a, it's not your, being able, being out of control of your own destiny, yeah. in a sense. You know, trying to, to figure out that there's, your, your fate's already plotted out for you. Like, I've, I love the line in The Matrix where Neo says, I don't believe in fate because I don't want to believe that I'm not in control of my own destiny. Or in Terminator 2, there's no fate for what, what we make for ourselves. Yes, perfect. <laughs> so that whole, that certainly applies to it, but um, I, aliens are weird. We don't know anything about the other worlds that are out there. That kind of excites me and terrifies me at the same time. Uh, the paranormal's weird. Because we don't, we have no idea whether maybe God exists, maybe he doesn't. Who knows? Uh, maybe go if that means if so, does that mean ghosts exist? What about souls? Is there a hell? Are demons coming up out of the ground? All that stuff is kind of just. I'm I'm kind of obsessed with it to be honest. I, I'm fascinated by that kind of thing. But I know that the Big Bang Theory happened and we evolved from monkeys. I I, I know that. That's fact. That's yeah. incontrovertible. Science. Science. Thanks. Science. So the the idea that both could exist, uh, nah, but but ghosts and scary stuff and noises in the night and who knows, that kind of stuff freaks me out. How much of the stuff that we're afraid of, you and I, whatever it is, is influenced like outside the things we're afraid of outside of movies and TV? For instance, I don't like to go in the ocean because I saw Jaws. Right? I don't like knowing what's not under my feet. Don't mind swimming in a pool. Don't mind swimming in whatever. I'll do it. I'll you know I'll go. To, uh, I don't go swimming deep in the ocean. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I've seen things swim by me as a kid. Not sharks, but like jellyfish and whatever. And it's like Ugh! I don't like that. Right? Why am I afraid of the ocean? Jaws. Why am I afraid of giant bugs? Probably because I've had an experience with them. Why am I afraid of dogs? I'm not afraid of dogs. But why do? You, why would you maybe have a fear of dogs? Maybe you saw Cujo. You know what I mean? Cujo was horrifying. You see what I'm saying? Like it, how I many? Was eight years old when I saw. I Cujo. guess there's something to be said. Like how many of these fears that are in our heads are based on things that we've seen in movies or TV or video games or something like that? Like you even go okay, you go walking down a dark hallway. Go back and watch Cujo now. It's crap. It is, but <laughs> sure. But you see what I'm getting at? Like go yeah. and walk down a dark hallway at night. Go down. Go walk to. Go walk to my truck tonight when I walk out of your apartment down yep. a dark street in Sherman Oaks, California. Am I going to look over my shoulder? Maybe. Why? Because I've seen a movie or a show or something where somebody came and stabbed a knife in my back? Oh, yeah. Isn't that thought always going to be in the back of your head? Well, it's it's part of living in a big city, too. True, but why are those thoughts put in your head? Is it because of the things we've seen? Because of the things we've seen on TV, yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe too many Michael Mann movies or, you know, gangster movies or something. I don't know. Do I think Jason's going to come out of McDonald's by your house and try to... No, I don't think so, but, you know, what if he did? I mean, what if it was, like, right beside... What if there was a McDonald's at Camp Crystal Lake? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we've established that we both have our pansy moments, right? Me more than you, apparently. Yeah, well, whatever. You you were brave enough to father children, uh, and I'll, I'll credit you that. That's... That's horrifying to me. <laughs> the Best, idea of that. I have a dog, and that's yeah. that's enough. Best right? thing I ever did, though. Oh, I, I hear you. I hear you. You'll hear that from every father. Well, but you know, you know my kids. Lightning round for this week. Oh, what could it be? Uh, it's got to be something Halloween related. Um, what? And these concession stands. We got to do TV and movies. Why don't we do the top five things? Top five scariest moments in a TV or film. Okay, I'm going to not say the Care Bears movie. In The Shining, when uh, they do that shot where the, he looks down into the hallway and there's the bedroom that's open and that guy in the bear costume comes and he looks at the camera and it does that zoom in on him, yes. scares the crap out of me. Yes. Uh, 
there's uh, there's a moment in Alien Resurrection where where uh, I remember I said I was going to bring this up later. Alien Resurrection when they go through like the when the, you see like all the old versions of Ripley and she's got like a weird wing and there's one that's like a half of one and it's got like three boobs and like and, like there's like a mouth hanging out they of it. They were trying to figure out how right. to clone her. And they're in like those weird like glass cases and the new Ripley season she's like, "Oh my god." And like it just it's creepy as hell and then she torches all of them and you hear all of them like <laughs> you know, and they all die. Scary. Um there's a moment in Dust Till Dawn uh, which isn't supposed to be scary, but it kind of is for me. Remember when like uh, uh, Harvey Keitel's kids are like they're fighting the the vampires, and the movie takes the turn for the vampire part, and yeah. the little boy gets like bit on the neck, and like you see him like looking at his father, like and like and, like they cut back to Keitel, like that scares me. Um, the the thing, uh, the head, oh, the, the, dog. the thing, not the dog. Oh, well, the, the the dog's head splitting it oh. open is one thing, <clears throat> but even worse is the head getting lifted off of the guy. Uh, when they're in the cafeteria, oh, yeah. and he grows oh, the legs and runs across the floor. Uh, Horrifying, right? Uh, um, paranormal activity when she gets dragged out of the bed and the door slams oh, down the hall uh, and the I, door slams behind her. I think somebody showed that to me. I, do, I wish I hadn't. No, thanks, it, thanks it's, it's horrible. Uh, there's a scene also in that film where they're climbing up into the attic, and all you can hear is noises, and they gets up there, and he finds a picture of her as a kid. Ooh. And it's just one of those things. And even I'm getting chill bumps right now just thinking about it because that's just... That's that's messed up. What about Pennywise? Uh, Tim Curry Pennywise in, in it when he comes out of the shower and they all float down here. Oh, that scares the crap out of me. When he's looking up out of yes! the out of the storm grate. Oh, yes, oh, I don't like that. Uh, which they're redoing. I can't wait to see that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Blair Witch. The ending of Blair Witch I mentioned earlier. Uh, absolutely terrifying to me. Um, I thought from a thriller perspective, the end. Uh, and I honestly didn't see it coming. I didn't know what it was going to be. The first time I saw seven, I didn't know oh, what was going to be yeah. in the box. Oh yeah, what's in that box? I had right. no idea. That's pretty scary. Um, until Kevin Spacey said, "I took her pretty little head." Right, and they and they and again, and the music cue. Yeah, and it, just you see like little pieces of hair coming out of the box. You know what I mean? They don't show you the head in the box, and they leave it up that. to your imagination. That's what's the scary thing. That's why Hitchcock was so good. Not even that. So yeah, I took her pretty little head, oh. and it was all about the music cue that happened right there, and Brad Pitt's reaction where. He, he just did no, those those faces. No, no, God. Oh. no, no fucking kill you. Just, yeah. All that stuff, right? That to me just wound. I was just like, oh my, nobody could. He took her head off after that whole movie, right? So why don't you guys tell us about some of your scary moments in TV or film? What are some of your top five like all time favorite scares? Share those with us on Twitter. Leave us a review on the iTunes Store. Let us know some of your favorite things of Halloween. Right? Help celebrate this week, uh, Andy. Anything closing notes that you'd like to add? I'll just give you my Twitter handle. I'm at Andy Nelson 76 and you'll find me basically uh, under the covers tonight as I think <laughs> about all the stuff we talked about. Shivering. Thanks a lot. He's Andy Nelson. I'm Nick Howell. You can find me at Data Center Dude on Twitter. Thank you guys very much for listening. Leave us a review on the iTunes store. Let us know what you think of the show, and we will see you next week. Later! Bye! Wait, wait, wait. Fuck that. It's Halloween.
I said, if any, I don't see any devil, I'll just cast him out. And that's where it's going to be. Be, 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 be.